Baby Bed Podcast with Sunday Pro. Baby, check it out. Hello everybody, this is Sunday Pro. Welcome back to another episode of the Baby Bed Podcast. If this is your first time, hi, thanks for joining me. It's always fun to be here for you on every Wednesday. Typically every week I kind of figure out topics that people want to listen to, stuff that bothers me, stuff that makes me happy and stuff that kind of annoys the fuck out of me. But uh this week I thought I'd do something a little different. The first thing I'm trying to figure out now I'm really upset because I just did the entire recording of this podcast and I hadn't recorded it so it's really sent me into this fucking rage. I'm like you son of a fucking bitch. So sorry if that's my phone. Anyway, the reason I I said rage is because I've been trying to figure out my emotions over the past few months, over the past few years. So I figured something which we are experiencing now as a society is anxiety. I have come across a lot of people who are emotionally fucked uh, if that's the medical word and they're in a kind of state of distress there's a lot of fear there's a lot of insecurity but i'm not here to talk about any of that as a mental health professional or a psychiatrist or a psychologist because i'm none of the above i'm a comedian who is a social psychologist not really which is fucking commentators but uh the reason i want to talk about it is it's something i've been through and i see a lot of close friends who thought they were normal like me uh when i first experienced it uh but they suddenly just have no clue how to deal with something like anxiety um you know i'll share my personal experiences and my personal sort of coping mechanisms and i hope it helps you if you are experiencing something like this but of course there is a medical option for you if you want to go for therapy or you want to go to a class for meditation or even medical help with a psychiatrist don't think that the baby bed podcast is going to cure your anxiety it might help you because the best thing about anxiety is knowing that you're not alone when you're experiencing it because it's one of those things which makes you feel very isolated makes you feel very alone and it makes you feel very 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 kind of undermined as a human being you feel like you are neglected you feel no one cares and everyone's judging you because a few years back anxiety was not considered as a main kind of issue or as a disease or a problem it was just seen as a personality trait because i remember my granddad having it my granddad used to be very anxious passed on the genes to my mom to my uncle and they kind of just dealt with it right and they they maybe stronger people but it they didn't have a social context to it if they had panic attacks someone would call them a flawed individual and therefore they wouldn't end up with a good spouse but my granddad had uh, anxiety uh, issues like i'm going to die alone i'm going to leave nothing for my kids whatever i done in my life i'm an atheist whatever these things were they kind of manifested to the forefront when he was growing old and towards his last days and i was too young to understand that and even when i got diagnosed with my eyesight when i lost my um, 80% of my eyesight overnight when i was 8 i was just a child and i wanted to continue being a child playing uh doing things that kids do but i didn't realize the the context of what i was experiencing and obviously in that state the emotions were very 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 subdued they were kind of hidden off the mind kind of protected itself by building barriers my physical wanted to continue uh being a child but obviously both the mind and the physical couldn't because there there were these things to deal with like lack of sight one of the main senses 
were damaged. So obviously an element of self-preservation came in. And as a result, for years and years and years, I bottled up these emotions. They kind of went to a very dark place, to a very deep place. And as I grew older, from a boy to a teenager, those kind of issues came to the forefront, therefore putting these further back into the little closet by the socks, that little one sock with a hole in it. So they went down, 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 down to a very, 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 very far away place, which I couldn't access and finally, they started coming out in very different ways because I, as a young adult, sort of started glimpsing some of these issues. But then again, it's very easy to associate this with the phase in your life that you're at. Uh, I remember early 20s, I was like, yeah, my other friends can drive. I can't drive. My other friends are independent. I'm not independent. Something as uh, trivial as I, my friends can read. I can't read. I'm so dependent. And then the blame game starts, right? You're like, fuck your parents. My parents didn't do anything for me. They, they, they are the reason why I was born with a disability, the defective gene. Then you start blaming people around you because they're not there for you. You can't play the victim card. You're like, oh, I'm, uh, someone said I'm blind. I mean, I am blind, but someone make a comment. And you start blaming society. You start blaming people for being rude or nasty or insensitive. You kind of start at the source, which are your folks because they love you and they're closest to you and they do the most for you. So all these patterns start and then I used the coping mechanism that suited me most for many years, which was alcohol from the age of 19, 20. It was first uh, partying over the weekends, getting drunk, getting tipsy, being the joker, making people laugh, fitting in, getting adoration and finally realizing, oh, at least I belong. At least someone laughs at my jokes, which could also be where they were laughing at me, but I didn't think beyond that. So for years of that, that happened, traveled abroad, in fact, lived on my own in the UK, in the US, even there, various other social experiments to fit in the blame game. It became a cycle where I would try to do things that people who loved me wanted me to do, try to be independent, a good student, a kind human being, but that, that wouldn't work out because then I would depend on someone who would let me down. Then that would result in the blame game, the victim card, and then resolve in numbing all that pain in alcohol. And then getting some solace when someone would say, this guy's hilarious when he's drunk. This might, might you're awesome, mate. But um, it all manifested in the form of anxiety in my early 30s. I didn't know that someone like me could deal or get anxiety because I thought I've already been dealt one shit card. So when I had my first kind of anxiety attack, I didn't really perceive it as anxiety. I just thought that, you know, I have a bad stomach, I have cramps, I have acidity. And um, I thought I'd eaten like too many beans. So the gas levels have gone up and my heart rate is cramping. Whatever I felt, I've never felt before. It was fucking scary. I thought I was going to die. I was in the car, started panicking. It was awful. I literally had tears coming out of my eyes. I was dreading the car ride and literally stuck at a signal. I put my head out to breathe and everyone's like looking at this guy going, what the fuck is this guy crying, sitting in a car? I'm like, what do I do? I'm going to die. And then at that point, even a lady uh, who was begging for some money with a little baby comes up and she sees me and she's like, this guy's fucked. <laughs> I'm bad, but this guy's fucked. So it was one of those horrible experiences. And then I kind of realized that it's not normal, but it's at the same time not abnormal because a lot of people face it. I started meeting people who are like, oh, you have anxiety as well? I have anxiety too. And believe it or not, these were not strangers. These were people who were my close friends, but we never got to talking about these things because we just thought we were alone. And that's one thing I want to highlight in this episode is that that's the first step, knowing you're not alone experiencing this. Once you get that awareness, 
that you're not abnormal. It is something that you can overcome and that you're not alone. And hundreds and millions of people have overcome anxiety and panic attacks. It's a great fucking relief because you're like, something will work out. So the, the, the various triggers, right? My triggers were car rides, bad stomach, plane rides, bus rides, train rides. I don't know, transportation kind of got me. And apparently a lot of people feel that like claustrophobia is not, is a phobia, but feeling like clamped, cramped up in a car, elevator. Um, I, I kind of have come, come up with different ways to sort it out. Um, you know, I go for therapy and kind of just now have started cracking the can when it comes to dealing with emotions that I've suppressed for 28 years. Trust me, it's not easy, man. And, you know, the first step, of course, if you use alcohol or drugs, it is recommended that you don't kind of hit it hard because it prevents you, not not for anything else, but it prevents you from having a clear head. And um, what they typically do there, the drugs and the alcohol, is they numb the pain, numb the emotion. So you, it takes that much longer for you to be aware of it. So I've tried taking it easy on the booze. I went off for two months back in 2018, late 2018, came back on with a vengeance because it was December. And you know, if you're in Bangalore in December, it's party time. But uh, th- then again, three, four days of drinking, I'm like, oh, we're going to catch a flight to Sri Lanka. Oh, fuck. Hey, hey, why do I drink? So I reached this point now where I try to do one week off, then I get back on, trying to find the balance where even if I do drink, it's a few, just not to get smashed and kind of, you know, drown and get belligerent so I'm not aware of what I'm actually feeling. And uh, yeah, if you're in therapy and nothing's helping, these things can take very long. Not everyone can be fine overnight or even in a few months. So finally now coming to terms with this and I realized the anxiety for me is a bi- is a symptom of something which is much deeper. And as I told you a few minutes back, it may be uh, kind of the origin of that problem is uh, coming from that little eight-year-old Sandeep Ra who could never express and f- feel and have emotions because he was scared he was threatened he was a child and he had no fucking clue what's going to happen and what's in store for the future so that's something i'm dealing with now and it's good to know there's an underlying issue because that's something which helps the anxiety and also the panic attacks and another thing that helps me is a breathing i um, try to be aware of my abdominal breathing I take deep breaths, I kind of uh, do yoga as well, so I know some of the techniques there, like the pranayama breathing or the ujjain breath, ujjayi breath. Um, Working out helps some people, I think, um, yoga and working out. But uh, something which is very simple that can help you is uh, breathing. And another thing is also a sense of smell. If there's certain smells that take you to a safe place, try that. And if you're in a situation where your trigger is possible, to trigger a panic attack if you're in a confined space or wherever you are, if you're in a business meeting. So whatever your trigger is, try carrying some smell like maybe a nice perfume which reminds you of your mother or um, or someone who gives you comfort. Um, some people like the smell of sawdust. Some people like the smell. I like the smell as well of rain on, on mud, you know, right after rain, that smell. Um, so find that smell, uh, good sounds like a good song or the sound of uh, waves crashing on the beach or even something like a good flute song or it could be even a good book. Like I go to my Harry Potter audiobooks and listen to them because it just takes me to a good place. 
So those things help. Grounding is something I was, uh, I was told about where you can actually make physical contact with your surrounding if you're sitting on a sofa and you're experiencing a bit of um, a preemptive panic attack. Start like breathing and start stroking the furniture, trying to get the grain of the wood. If it's a cloth-based uh, or uh, material-based, try to figure out the grain thing. And these apparently help people. For me, predominantly, sound and breathing help. Um, so if something uh, suits you, figure it out. But... I, um, yeah, it's not, it's not been easy. I mean, that's what I wanted to share it with you because uh, I'm going to repeat myself that you are not alone and knowing that you're not alone really helps you deal with number one, anxiety, number one, panic attacks. And with any problem in life, even in a relationship, when you're going through something shit with your wife or your husband or your partner, it's just really good to know that there are other couples and other families who are experiencing different shit, but as much shit. So it's good to know because that's the biggest fear we have in life that we're going to be alone and we're going to die alone and everything and everyone as we know them and we know it and everything we love is no longer going to be there so it is a very futile um, emotion but I think once you realize that that's it and that is how it is you got to get to the next step which is just figuring out independence for yourself and trying to be self-reliant and that uh, is the one of the reasons why people suffer anxiety I mean I'm not Again, I'm going to say I'm not a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist or a mental health expert, but I've heard that in many situations, anxiety is a phase of awakening where people are going through a transformative stage, a transition in their lives from the old to the new or the old to a new version of yourself. So if you want to look at it as a positive takeaway, say, hey, good, I have anxiety means there's something good ahead. So you might as well make the effort. But honestly, uh, there are a lot of things out there to help you. People, close friends, uh, obviously professional experts, mental health experts who are there to guide you through this time of pain and this time of fear and insecurity. And talk about it. Make sure you're not alone. And of course, I'm here. If you want to reach out to me and if anything I've said has helped you, you can read, uh, write to me on soapyrao.gmail.com or you can write to me um, on Twitter or uh, Instagram, which is at soapyrao. Or you, you can, you'll find me, I'm out there. Um, or you can, yeah, leave a comment here on uh, one of these uh, links. I'll be back next week on the Baby by Podcast. It's been fun and I really hope this episode's been recorded. Otherwise, I'm going to break someone's fucking shit. <laughs> All right. I'll see you. Till then, this is Sandeep Rao signing out. Bye. The Baby Bed Podcast, every Wednesday. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.